Hello and welcome to episode 33 of When Life Gives You Lemons, Go Vegan. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery from chronic disease after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. This week, I met a truly remarkable man by the name of Shamiz Kachwala, who shared his incredible story of healing his severe case of ulcerative colitis. Shamiz is a health and nutrition counsellor and supports so many other people living with ulcerative colitis, and, and I'm sure he helps other people as well. I actually didn't ask, but... I'm sure he would. And if you're listening, go check out Shamiz's website and social media at highcarbhealth.com and his YouTube channel, which is also at highcarbhealth. It is awesome. And his story, I feel like I'm not going into it enough because I really want you to hear it for yourself. It is, oh my gosh, it is such a journey and it's such an amazing just a testament to, you know, his strength of character and his self-belief and his family. And, you know, when you're going through something, when you're so unwell, as Shamiz will talk about his story in this episode, you know, it is just miraculous, truly miraculous when all the odds are against you, when everyone's in your medical teams betting against you, when, you know... Luck seems like it's so far from on your side and then to have such a transformation is just, oh, it's just awesome. You know, I just love, everyone loves an underdog story and this is such a, well, there's so many of them on this podcast, but this is just another story of an underdog, you know, who's so unwell, so sick, whose body is shutting down coming back and becoming better than ever and then going on and helping so many people with his passion and enthusiasm for, you know, living the best life he possibly can and it's contagious and I think everyone who's been on this show has been bitten by that and that's why we're so passionate about sharing these messages with as many people as we possibly can. Yes, please get excited because this is an episode not to be missed even though I say that every week. This is definitely a great one, especially because if you think that oh, I've just got a bit of IBS, I've just got a bit of bloating, gas, whatever it is, you don't know what could be coming. You know, you want to catch it at IBS. You want to catch it at, you know, gassy, bloating, constipation. You don't want to get ulcerative colitis. You don't want to get diseases of the gut and inflammation of the gut that, you know, can take away parts of your colon, take away parts of your bowel, you know. You want to catch them early, and th- this story really is a is a saying. Like if he has if if he, he's had this result, imagine what you can get if you start earlier. You know, imagine what results you can get if you sense that digestive issue happening, and you're like, you know, before it gets serious, I'm gonna make some great changes to my diet and lifestyle. You'll never regret it. Like none of no no one regrets it. People just go on to feel incredible. So. Do yourself a favor and start before it gets serious. Like it's all fun and games in our 20s and 30s. But when we eat these foods that cause this inflammation and these diseases within our bodies, chronic diseases in our bodies, you might think it's just this niggling little thing in your 20s and 30s where you're running around pashing everyone. (laughs) Yeah, I'm leaving that in. Once you get to late 30s, 40s, those niggles become louder and louder and louder. And then you're spending, rather than spending your retirement years just traveling Europe or being grey nomads traveling around the country, you're desperately unwell with chronic disease. And that's not what you want. And it's not what you want your kids to put up with either. You know, you don't want your kids to have this very, very disabled ill parents because you didn't take care of your health in your 20s and 30s when you could have and now in your 60s and 50s and 70s and whatever you're terribly unwell overweight living with type 2 diabetes living with a bunch of other ailments hypertension hyper all of the cholesterol all of the different things aches and pains and you know you want to get Get ahead of the curve, you know. You want to get healthy now, 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 now. Do it now. Don't wait. Do it now. Listen to this story and have your mind blown and make some great changes and go and follow Shamiz because he is super passionate. He's on YouTube and he 
is just nailing life over at highcarbhealth.com and highcarbhealth everywhere on social media. Okay, off you go. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello, Shamiz. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's really good. I'm having a great day and I'm really excited for you to be on the show today and share your story with us. So let's go. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's awesome to be here. And um, yeah, where, where do I begin? I mean, it's been a, a pretty, pretty long journey for me. Um, I guess uh, let's start, start off in about uh, 2012. Um, when I was teaching English in Japan, um, I got diagnosed with um, a condition called mild colitis, which means that your body is malnourished and it fails to digest um, a lot of food and the absorption issues are there. And so you become a lot of, very weak and things like that. And um, yeah, I was noticing a little bit of blood in my stool and, you know, I was, I was a bit concerned. So I obviously went to the GP and um, that's when yeah, he diagnosed me with um, mild colitis. And so he goes, um, why don't you go to the hospital and get a colonoscopy done? And I was like, what the hell is that? I've never heard of that thing before. Um, it's like where they stick a camera up your bum and see what's inside. And I was kind of freaking out because I was like, oh, this is not normal. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they did the procedure and obviously, the, yeah, they diagnosed me with uh, mild colitis, and, um, which, was, which means just like an inflamed um, bowel, which is not too severe. Um, and so they said, you know, oh, let's just uh, keep you in hospital to observe you for about a week. So this is in Japan, and no one really spoke English. So luckily, I, I knew how to speak a little bit of Japanese, but um, you know, it was pretty scary going to hospital and not knowing what's going on. Um, so yeah, they kept me in for about a week and put me on like anti-inflammatory drugs, antibiotics, and things like that. And um, you know. Things started to get worse, and I was kind of like worried, um, you know, because you don't generally get worse in hospitals. So I called my parents and things, and I was like, "Hey, guess what? I'm in hospital," and they kind of freaked out. Um, and uh, you know, week after week, um, as I stayed in, in hospital for observation, um, you know, they started to kind of up the dosage and the, the drugs and. You know, I was going when I first entered hospital. Uh, toilet wasn't a massive issue for me, so I was going probably about three or four times a day, which is pretty uh, bad uh, with a little bit of bleeding. And after a couple of weeks, um, you know, it went up to like five, six, um, and I was kind of like, you know, why, why am I getting worse? And you know, there's a little bit of diarrhea happening as well, and I didn't really know what was going on. And I kept asking the doctors, like, you know, I was supposed to be only in here for a week. What's going on? Uh, and then, you know, one of the docs, the specialist, the GI, I think, came and told me, you know, oh, you're going to have to be here for a bit longer. Uh, you know, we still want to run some tests and do some checks on you. So um, they upped the, the dosage of medication to steroids. Um, and, you know, that didn't make anything better. It actually made me even worse. So from about five to six bowel movements a day, I was going – like to about nine and it went up to about nine or 10 in like the third week. Um, and you know, this was pretty, I was pretty concerned because I was losing a bit of weight as well. Um, and you know, I called my parents again. Um, and I was like, Hey, look, you know, my condition's actually getting worse. And, um, so they, they were planning a trip to, to obviously fly, uh, to Japan, um, and, uh, you know, meet me in hospital and, um, you know, the, the doctors, again, were kind of, you know, they didn't understand what my body was going through. And um, the food wasn't like any any part of the, the problem. So, you know, they did put me on a, a typical colitis diet in Japan. There was a whole lot of other kind of patients around me as well in the hospital and they were eating the same food and it's like a colitis diet. And, and What was that diet? Yeah, so that, that was uh, like a raw egg or half-boiled egg. Um, there was some fish, um, there was miso soup, and then there was um, like rice porridge, which they kind of really, they, they emphasized the rice porridge quite a bit. And so you have to like mix all that together and eat it. And oh, the food God. didn't help me at all. It was, yeah, it was disgusting and the food didn't really help me at all. And um, you know those Yakult mm, little yogurt things? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the doc said, oh, eat, drink heaps of those. So I 
smash those down and um you know i'd heard of your cook before so i was like oh yeah this is good so the doctor was like yeah eat those things and after i you know started eating those all that food and yeah i got worse so from nine to ten to then about like 10 to 15 times a day and it was just bloody diarrhea all the whole time and you know i was getting quite worried and and you know things weren't really looking that good um so obviously the dosage went higher and higher and then my parents um obviously came uh, from new zealand and um stayed stayed with me and kind of um you know were kind of wondering what's going on um and you know as i got worse and worse um you know, I lost a lot of weight. So by the by, the time it was about the fifth week, um, I'd lost about twenty five kilos. Um, Holy cow! That, that was just yeah, <laughs> it was it was really bad. And and actually, um, in the middle of the fifth week, um, you know, that obviously the drugs went up um, even more. So I was on eighty mg of steroids, so prednisone, which is um, one of the highest doses you can give um, to, to a person. And it was, it was pretty tough. Um, you know, and then obviously the bowel movements increased again to about 20, 25 a day. And, uh, you know, I needed to be in nappies and things because I just couldn't walk to the toilet anymore. And I had to get a private room because, um, you know, the, the toilet was way down the end of the ward and, you know, I, I couldn't walk. So, Oh my gosh. We, we got a private room and, you know, that was a lot easier. But even even then when the toilet is in the same room, I actually couldn't get out of bed um, because I was so weak and tired and, you know, malnourished and things. And at that time, um, they stopped they stopped uh, feeding me as well because they said, you know, we don't want to mess around with, with what your body's doing, so let's just take the food out. So I had to get a um, catheter in, in my neck and, um, you know, get 1,600 calories that way. Oh my god, my worst nightmare. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah, really really tough times for me and Oh my gosh. In in the middle of the 5th week, um the doctors kind of uh, approached my parents and the GI was there and and the head doctor and um they said, "Look, your son's not getting any better." Um and you know, we need to do surgery. Because uh, his his ulcerative colitis has gone from mild, so it's, it's gone from mild colitis to severe ulcerative colitis, and they did a cu- couple of colonoscopies during the the time I was in hospital, and it didn't, it just kept getting worse and worse, and so um, they said to the last resort, you know, is either surgery or we we have one more medication that we're going to try, and uh, that medication is called immunosuppressants, which is um, lethal, lethal stuff. It basically just shuts down your immune system and, um, you know, stops any kind of healing um, that your body kind of tries to do. So it stops your body from fighting. And so they gave me that as a last resort because my mum was kind of like, no, you know, you can't go, you can't do surgery on my, my kid, you know, that you only have one. If you, if you take out a colon, it's not going to replace itself. So... Uh, you know that that was what the the issue was, and uh, luckily, you know, my mum fought, and um, that didn't happen. So at that time, again, my bowels had increased. So I was going about forty times a day, um, and if you think about forty times a day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was in I was in nappies basically. So um, you know, I was in my bed and just I had to go in, in, in the bed and my mum would be cleaning me up, you know, all the time, um, imagine 40 times a day. So it was a it was a really rough period of, you know, tight, rough time in, in, my, in my life. And, um, yeah, the, yeah, so I started, I started in the hospital when I first got diagnosed. I was 70, about 74 kilos and I ended up being about – 45, 40, 45 to, yeah, 45 my lowest. So that was, that was a pretty massive drop. Um, yeah, well, she, she was my rock. She was my rock. Um, honestly, she, she, she didn't show any kind of emotion. She didn't cry in front of me at all because she knew that, you know, she had to be strong. She had to be strong for me to be strong and, you know, no, no sort of, um, out and things so 
when when I started taking that medication, that immunosuppressant, um, you know, it did calm my body down a bit, and you know, I stopped going from about forty times a day to about I don't know twenty. Um, so it gave me a tiny bit of relief, um, but nothing to the point where you know is, is going to help me uh, that much. And so, you know, my mum was frantically kind of like trying to find something on the internet and find a cure or whatever, or find some something that's going to help me. And she she came across this book. Uh, and this book basically saved my di- saved my life. It was a book um, written by Dr. David Klein called Self Healing Colitis and Crohn's. And this book was like the, the the magic. It was like the Bible of of you know health. And uh, we read we we ordered it on Amazon. It came within four days. Um, and we read through it and we were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And, and so because my bowel movements have kind of come down a bit, they started refeeding me or started a plan to refeed me. And I said to them, look, I'm not Japanese. Um, and, you know, the food that you, you gave me last time didn't work. So we're going to try something else. And so we sat down with a nutritionist and, uh, you know, I said, look, I just want some fruit. So bananas. I want a juice. Yeah, so my mum bought a juice and we were juicing in the hospital room. Um, so I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I'm going to get my protein this way. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. And she's like, oh, yeah, but you need to eat some some animal products. You need to eat some butter or something to get your weight back up and all that, all that kind of stuff. And we said, no, we're not going to do that because I'm a foreigner. And, you know, last time nothing worked. And so they, they agreed, um, obviously, because it was just fruits and veggies and, you know, nothing's wrong with fruits and veggies. Um, and so, yeah, we started to apply the principles in the book and it's called the vegan healing diet. And so obviously you, you start juicing and you start uh, smoothing so that it cleanses your body, um, you know, and, and removes a lot of toxicity. And of course, I was so drugged up that there was a lot of toxicity in my body. And, um, you know, to think about it, I went from being you know, diagnosed with mild colitis to severe ulcerative colitis where I had a whole heap of ulcers in my large intestine. And, you know, under the doctor's care, that, that didn't make sense uh, to us, you know. And, and so we had to do anything possible to, to kind of relieve the situation that I was in. So what was really amazing was that this book and, and the principles that were in it started to work. And I was so happy because I was pretty much on my deathbed like I couldn't walk I couldn't really talk um and you know it was it was either life or death for me at that time Shamiz can I just interrupt for a a second I was just wondering like if you hadn't if your mum hadn't found that book what because obviously as you said like the immunosuppressants weren't solving the problem they were just kind of dulling the symptoms of the problem so would, would, would it have been that they would have just tr- had to keep you on those types of drugs for the rest of your life like what what was the future without apart from surgery obviously surgery but I mean if you didn't want to do surgery what was the plan you know for people who for sure I mean yeah thanks for that question um, obviously yeah the, the doctors um, when I first entered the hospital they said oh you're going to have to take medication for the rest of your life and I kind of just kind of double taped them I was like Excuse me, like yeah, no, no one takes medication for life. You know, it's just a maybe a, a, a something that you know people take for a short period of time and then they get better. Um, but the doctor said no. This is what you're gonna have to take. So yeah, I would have probably been have been on immunosuppressants, steroids, and things for the rest of my life, and anti-inflammatory drugs for the rest of my life. Um, if I didn't go for the surgery option, which would no doubt have their own string of side effects and oh, huge side effects. Um, I mean, I. <laughs> The, the drugs that they kind of were giving me, I kind of looked on the internet and I was like, oh, mum, is this actually really good for me? And um, to, to be really honest with you, we actually stopped taking the medication in hospital uh, without the doctors knowing. Um, and that was a, a pretty massive um, uh, decision to make because we didn't know anything about this vegan healing diet because we were very new to all this. And as soon as we started to see it work, we were like, okay. And, and obviously the book recommends to to you know drop the medicine or you know talk to talk to the doctors and ask them to kind of wean off the medication because it doesn't do anything and so yeah we we stopped taking the medication and um you know this was the most amazing thing um after a week oh my gosh 
of of this lifestyle, of this of this nourishment, I guess, I I could walk. And I, I got out of my bed and I walked down the, the, the hospital ward and um they were all looking all the nurses were looking at me going, How the hell has this guy gotten bit so much better all of a sudden? And um you know, it was it was an amazing achievement for, for not only yeah, for for myself. It's just amazing. So how long had you been in bed for at this stage all uh, altogether? The whole time I was probably in, I was in a hospital for six weeks. Mm, uh, wow. And that the sixth week was the week where, you know, everything changed. And so um the the, the doctors and the surgeon or sorry, the, the doctors and the GI um they said, okay, let's see, let's do a last colonoscopy and see what, what you know, if, if there's any improvement. And obviously I was, um, you know, really improving. So that, that immunosuppressant reduced my, med, uh, reduced my bowel movements to 20. And then on this diet, it reduced it significantly even, even further to, to 10 uh, and, then, and then to 5. And then, you know, I was getting so much better that, that I said, look, I don't want to stay here anymore. Please do a colonoscopy and see what's what's happening. My blood tests also they they are monitoring my blood tests and and there's a um, there's a marker called CRP which is a C-reactive protein and this is a I guess a, a marker that doctors use to to see the inflammation in my body and uh, in my colon and so that significantly dropped um, while obviously nourishing my body with with juices and and smoothies so they um, they kind of said, okay, good, this is a really good sign that your body's um, doing really well and, and the medications are working. And so they did a colonoscopy, unknowingly, by the way, that I wasn't taking the medication. Um, so they did a colonoscopy and um, no ulcers. Okay, Came back, no ulcers, just scarring um, and minimal inflammation. So it was amazing. They were, they were amazed. That is amazing. One week later and none. How many was there before? There was a whole lot of ulcers um, all over the, the show. And oh, my gosh. That was a huge turning point for them. And so um, my mom said, uh, can we please leave because we don't like this atmosphere. We don't like this environment being in hospital. And, and they actually discharged us from hospital. Um, and, you know, the, the doctor, you know, my mum my, my obviously was quite – uh, well, she used to question the doctors all the time, and she said, "You know, what? How did he get so much better in a week?" And and the doctors were like, "Oh, yeah, the the medication is finally working, and it's it's helping him now." And so we kind of just had a grin on our face, and we just wanted to get out of there. And, and so we didn't mention anything about me not taking them because we we didn't want to create even more of an issue. So we just got we just got the hell out of there, <laughs> and um, yeah, never never really looked back to, from that day. And so obviously there was. There was a lot of ups and downs, um, you know, obviously when I got to, back to New Zealand and things like that, um, but eventually, you know, my body healed itself and, you know, I gave it the right nourishment from plants and uh, that's that's the idea of, you know, the, the, the body is a self-healing uh, mechanism, okay, organism. It's a self-healing organism where if you give it the right conditions, it will be able to heal itself um, and, you know, Ever since then, you know, it's been it's been my mission to kind of help as many people as I can that have the same disease, and uh, you know, to show them there's a life after colitis, and um, you know, this is this is what we do for a living now, and and you know, me and my brother have set up a consultancy called High Carb Health, and you know, we help people from all around the world um, to try and combat this uh, this issue and. And, you know, we guide and support them through towards health and, and, you know, let them know that there is a way out. And um, obviously, you know, I have a YouTube channel so you can check that out. And if you if you guys are struggling out there, um, you know, I've, I've basically put my whole life on YouTube, um, you know, what I eat, what I do when I, tra- when I travel and things like that. So you can see exactly what my life is like. And um, obviously on Instagram as well, High Carb Health, you can see kind of the stories, um, you know, what I do every day. So what would so how long did it take for from when you left the hospital to when you felt that you were healed and amazing, feeling great, gained your weight back and feeling good? Yeah. So obviously, when, when I when I say that I had ups and downs, um, obviously, I, being a big meat eater previously, um, you know, I had cravings and things. So obviously, uh, you know, after hospital, I came back to New Zealand and. 
I was feeling really good, obviously, um, you know, after after the hospital and things. But you know, I had cravings, and I started to eat, you know, meat, meat and dairy again, and you know, unknowingly, um, because you know, I was just, like, I was craving a lot of food like that. So I started to eat that food again, and um, I kind of put myself back into the position of, you know, my body didn't like that, and so it started detoxifying again. Um, and started to, to kind of remove the, the the food that you know I had I worked really hard to kind of cleanse my my digestive system out and then I started eating the bad foods again and, and so you know I realized that and um, obviously you know it, it put me in a position where you know I went really I lost a little bit of weight more weight again um, but it was it was that that basically really gave me like a final push. Yeah, final push, and I kind of just woke up and I said, look, if you want to get better, you know what it's like. You've been there before. Go back there. And if you want to get better, you need to do the things that, you know, is going to create a healthy environment inside of you. And don't want to put any anything that's not going to be healthy. And, and meat, dairy, and eggs obviously are really unhealthy for us. And um, don't put yourself back in that position that you were in. So I decided from that day, and I was just like, look, you know, I need to do this. And obviously my family supported me a lot uh, during that time and they did very much similar to, to what I did. And that's why that's why my brother kind of came on board as well and he started to do, or he started to eat a plant-based lifestyle and, and um, he honestly felt so good that he stuck to it. He went cold turkey, uh, didn't, didn't uh, eat meat ever again because obviously we found out about the ethical side of things. And so... After the hospital visit from Japan, after we came back to New Zealand, it took me a good six months to really get back on track and get my weight back up. So about three or four months in, um, you know, I was, I was um, obviously went through the ordeal of, of, you know, eating the wrong foods again, and then two months to really rebuild. So all up, it was about four months, uh, six months after hospital that, uh, you know, I really healed up my body and was able to do all the, the normal things again. So it's it's a lifestyle disease and you know it does take time to heal the body and and that's you know everyone goes through ups and downs everyone makes mistakes and and those things are supposed to happen in order for you to get to where you are currently and so it was yeah it was magic I think it's a great thing to point out to people is that, like, as you said, even though you were in hospital, you were so sick, you came out and you did kind of go back to your old habits. And and that, that happens and people just kind of need to be easy on yourself because it happened to me too and it happens to lots of people on my show where they – they start eating clean, they feel really good, and then they're like, oh, I just missed that thing, and they eat that thing, and then they're like, actually, that, that thing makes me feel terrible. <laughs> makes <laughs> yeah. me feel terrible. Yeah. Uh, it took me four years of doing that, going back and forward, oh, wow. back and forward, until I went numb from the waist down, and then I was like, all right, <laughs> all right, fine, yeah. those things yeah. hate me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think you realize, don't you, that, that you know that what you put in your mouth is, is a direct – um, or it, it relates to how you feel. Yeah. And, um, you know, I felt that um, and I said to myself, look, you know, nourish your body again and give it the foods that are going to give you optimal health. And so I never really looked back. And even today, I, I don't generally eat too much vegan junk food either because I know how it makes me feel. And, um, yeah, occasionally, uh, you know, I do obviously eat pizzas and burgers and things. But, you know, if you want health, then you've got to eat healthy. You know, you can't expect to have a good life or healthy life where you're not getting any, where you're not getting sick. You can't expect to eat crap food and still stay the same. You know, it's just not going to, it's not going to work like that. So you have to put in the good stuff into your body, and you know, not not only is it diet. I mean, the mind has so much to do with it as well, and um, you know, there's a whole different subject altogether, but. You know, the mind is so powerful and, and a lot of people that get digestive uh, problems, the, the mind has a lot to do with it as well. Um, so it's not just diet. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is. And I think that that kind of, it is, a, I guess, just to simplify things and not, not going to, we're talking going into the mind stuff is a huge, as you said, it's a huge other mm. area about stress and well-being and all that kind of thing. But I think that when you're eat, eating, it's, it's kind of an act of self-love and kindness to yourself. And so when you're eating those, for me, like vegan junk food, you know, it can be delicious, of course, but I mean, it's still, it's just as, it, you know, it's it's just 
junk food. At the end yeah. of the day, it's still junk food, even if it's vegan. I think a lot of people think when you're vegan, it's just... It just means that you're healthy, but there are so many unhealthy vegan foods out there now. There is, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people um, eat those foods because it's not so much about health. It's more about the animals yeah. for those kind of people. And, and that's fine. You know, you, those people can do that. But then if you think about you wanting to save the animals, then you also need to save yourself as mm. well and, and mm. keep yourself at a healthy kind of level so that you can go do your activism whatever you need to and you don't yeah. you don't fall sick you know yeah and i think that i guess for me as a i'm a vegan for the animals as well um but i i think now even though like you know uh, i think that, that vegan junk food is a great it's a great transition a gate gateway into a plant-based diet for people who've eaten a typical Australian diet or American diet where they've eaten tons of heavy, fatty, salty, sugary foods, vegan junk foods, awesome. To, if it gets you over to veganism for the animals, I don't care how you get here as long as you get here, as long as, as, as long as you get here. But um, That's the main, main, main job of those foods to, to kind of transition people. And I completely agree with that. You know, there's, there's, there's a, I mean, it's definitely much better for, for them than the, the meat products, you know, but it's not necessarily good. Yeah, you know, if you want to be run. feeling the best, and I think that a lot of people, when they see people who aren't healthy that are vegan and they're eating vegan junk food, they're like, well, I'm not going to go vegan because look at that person. They're eating all that junk food and it's processed and it's not good. So I do think that it's yeah, after you've got here, quickly go into a healthier vegan diet <laughs> so that you can be an excellent role model to all the people who are wanting to step over but thinking that we're all unhealthy vegans. That's exactly right. Yeah, for sure. And I completely agree with that. And, you know, it's it's – it's mind over matter sometimes as well, and you know you don't have to eat those foods to to you know re- relieve those cravings or whatever. There's plenty of good foods that taste so good, they're so healthy for you. So, you know, it's you don't have to to get go towards the deep fried food. <laughs> yeah, I think that I, I just to mention that because I when I was pregnant with my first, I wasn't vegan. I was. But I craved everything that was terrible, my old habits of... Anyway, I ate everything terrible. But when I was pregnant the second time around, I was like, okay, I have that craving again for biscuits. I was vegan though, but I was like, I want a biscuit and cake and ice cream. And I just thought, what is my body really asking for? I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but but just about sitting there and going, what is this craving? And usually it's that your body wants salt, fat or carbohydrate of sugar and so if I literally just went and like okay I want sweet if I just had some dates with some nut butter or I had avocado with some sea salt it was gone the cravings just went away once I gave it the whole food plant-based alternative of that junk food thing for sure and there's there's an amazing uh, you you might know spud for Andrew Taylor yes he he has an amazing saying as well and and i I've learned a lot from him as well. He's he's a great role model. He's fantastic. What he's achieved has been amazing. And what what he say said to to me, and obviously he says it to a lot of people, is you know when I was when he was going through his his potato diet, he would when he would have cravings, he would eat as many potatoes as he could, and then see if he had a craving for anything else. And I think that works really well because your your stomach fills up with good stuff, and then you don't crave the other foods anymore. And and that that was really cool. And there's a couple of other things that I've taken from from Andrew, and he's he's an amazing person. And here's a, here's a quote from him. Um, he says, "You know, make your life interesting and your food boring." It's my favorite quote of his. I think of it all the time. Isn't it so good? And that that kind of helped me a lot. Uh, you know, when I was going through my ordeal as well. And um, you know, I say that to all of our clients because food is not necessarily your life. You know, your life is so much more important. And you know treat it that way and, and give you give your body what it needs but then your life as well you know traveling and all that kind of stuff is so much more important it's so much more I, I love that quote he came on the show and he told me that quote and I was just like oh my gosh you've changed all of my thoughts about food <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he's just a great guy hi Andrew if you're listening <laughs> hey buddy <laughs> um so what I wanted to say is for people who are starting out I think we've already kind of touching on it now um about when you have cravings, was there anything that you found helped you in that challenging first transition period when you're changing your diet and your whole life feels like it kind of changes who you are because we identify so much with how we eat, how you eat with your friends, how you eat with your family, you know? So what was something that helped you through that time? 
Well, yeah, this is it's quite interesting. I mean, there's a lot of people with different ways of kind of coming to the, the solution. But what, what I found was really helpful for me was doing my own research and basically telling myself that, you know, this food is going to nourish you. This food is going to really get you to a good place. And when I was struggling, I think reading lots of different books and, and, and going to the, to the amazing plant-based doctors that have written books and things and, um, you know, when they talk to, when they talk about, you know, how food works inside of our body, you realize, and that's when you want to put the best stuff in your body, and that's what changed my outlook and, and on the cravings and things. Because I said to, to myself that, you know, if you want to get better, you need to put the best thing, best fuel inside your body, and that's what I did. And the cravings just kind of went away because I knew that I was nourishing my body to the best ability that I could, and, and then I saw the results. And then, you know, that's what kept kept me on the right path and, you know, kept me eating those foods that are the best for my body because I don't want to be sick and I don't want to get migraines and I don't want to get all those other issues, colds and flus and things that, you know, normal people get. And so that was a huge kind of point for me to, to kind of, uh, you know, make and, and realize that that's what I needed to do. I think that that's a really good way. I think the research for me has been – this the thing out of all the things that have kept me on this path the most i think that you can't you can't really stress it enough that reading even if you don't like reading and listening to po- listen to podcasts watch youtube videos whatever method of learning that you like there's something out there there's groups you can meet up with to speak to people lectures you can go to however you like to learn go and learn about <laughs> the nutrition and how you can heal your body with nutrition like there's that we're in the best time for learning about healing yourself because there's just information everywhere. So we're so blessed. So if you have a chronic disease, I highly recommend YouTube, you know, follow Shamiz on his YouTube channel, High Carb Health, you know, follow other, you know, PCRM or Dr. Bernard or Dr. Esselstyn or Dr. Colin Campbell, you know, whoever it is for you, whoever floats your boat, you know, there's so many great ones out there and there's so many great pages like Dr. Gregor's nutritionfacts.org. There's so many great documentaries now like Netflix Food Choices, um, Forks Over Knives, What the Health, all those, you know, Fat Sick and Nearly Dead. There's some really great documentaries out there now to help you as well. There's just so much, there's so many resources and books. So just go out there and especially if you have colitis, go and get Dr. David Klein's book, Self-Healing Colitis and Crohn's, that, that um, Shamiz was talking about earlier because, you know, if it works for Shamiz, how <laughs> there's a very good chance it could work for you too. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess, you know, it's not only worked for me. I mean, I've me and my brother have helped, um, you know, hundreds of people now and it's, it's getting more and more and people are realizing that, um, you know, Eating where their food comes from, especially, is you know, is really key, and and they're, they're being more aware of what they put in their bodies, and that's what we want to see, and we want to make sure that you know, the more plant-based foods you eat, the more healthy you're going to be, and, and all those documentaries that you mentioned, you know, they're fantastic for someone that's you know wanting to learn more about health, and I guess when what the health came out. It kind of saved us a lot of talking and explaining. And, you know, it, it was amazing to to have all these doctors talk about you know why animal products are you know bad for our bodies, and it was a huge relief for us. And you know, half the work's done for us when when that movie, that documentary came out. So yeah, if you if you haven't watched it before, please go and watch it on Netflix. It's very easy to to see. Yeah, definitely go check it out now. So what I wanted to ask you before you leave would just be. Um, just to describe the difference between what a typical day of eating was like for you prior to this and then now so people can just see. Because often I think people think that, oh, maybe they just were mostly vegetarian before, even though you've stressed that you ate a lot of meat. But what would a typical day of food have been like for you before you've made this change? So, yeah, basically before I got diagnosed um – you know, obviously my diet was very, very unhealthy when I look back. Um, obviously at that time there was n- nothing to it. You know, it was just normal. Everyone ate the same thing and, um, you know, there was no consideration of, of, you know, what I was putting in my mouth and, you know, if it's good for me, if it's bad for me. Obviously protein was right up there and I thought I needed my protein and that's what everyone focuses on these days. So let's let's go through a day. I mean, you know, 
this is in Japan, so I'll, yeah, I'll cover what I was eating in Japan because quite meat-heavy diets over there as well. Um, so morning would be uh, obviously breakfast would be uh, cereal, so cow's milk and um, you know something like cornflakes or something like that. I would actually eat that in the office staff room because I had to get up really early to go to the to the school. But you know, lunch lunch was actually provided um, by the school. Uh, which was good, and um, this is what kind of what I used to eat. So there was a little milk bottle um, that used to come. Um, they had a lot of rice in Japan, which is not too bad, but they always had like a meat dish uh, accompanying the rice and some kind of um, obviously, you know, many of the times it was fish. And um, so obviously, from my diet from New Zealand to Japan changed, um, and. It, you know that change may not. It's not because of that change that I got the the issue. But before, when I was in New Zealand, I think you know I was going to the gym. I thought I was really healthy, um, and you know I used to eat obviously you know cereal for breakfast, maybe some oats, but with with obviously cow's milk um, for lunch, for example, would be like a sandwich with um, you know processed meats, um, and for dinner, you know. I, the, the, a lot of curries, uh, a lot of Indian curries. My, my parents used to make some really, really nice curries, um, but all 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 flavored with plant foods, you know. So it was just the texture of the meat that we liked. And and now when I look back and I'm like, you know, why, why did we why did we eat that? But that's just what had to happen for me for me to, you know, as, as you've said in the past, and I've, as I always say, this it was a blessing for me uh, to get this issue. And and um, you know, it's not only changed. Um, my life but my family and my extended family as well so and all the people that you help now Shamiz exactly yeah and and that that's a good point because again I'm, I'm showing people on YouTube um, you know exactly what I do and and you know if people want to follow that lifestyle and if they, if they want to be disease free if they don't want to be sick then you know it's it's easy for them to do what, what, I, what I'm doing online because you know there's a lot of information on there and and you can see what my life is like now. Mm, yeah, so that's so exciting. So, so I guess, yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mention, um, obviously, what I eat now. Um, I eat uh, uh, plant foods, obviously, and the majority of my diet consists of fruit. Now, it's interesting because a lot of people that have digestive issues stay away from fruit uh, because they get lots of issues. And so um, it's it's funny how, you know, my, my diet is based around fruit and the reason for that is because if you want the best digestion, if you want the, the best feeling, um, fruit is really going to get you there. And so I have a lot of smoothies and things, green smoothies as well are really good for you. Um, but obviously I do eat um, other kind of plant foods like quinoa, rice, brown rice, um, basically all whole foods. I don't tend to go towards the processed food as all, at all. Um, but yeah, like anything in the plant kingdom, I can eat, and I want to eat the best possible foods for myself because I know that I want the best digestion. So I don't really compromise on that fact. And you know, I do eat pizzas and burgers every now and then, but that's not the majority of my diet. And I think that that's it as well. Like I think that a lot of people think that we never eat like fun food, but you can make whole foods kind of fun foods. You know, you can make a pizza. A really healthy pizza. It's still like not my preferred food. I'd still rather have like a big Buddha bowl with brown rice or quinoa and just a bunch of amazing vegetables and greens. But, you know, if, if I want to make like a oat flour pizza or some kind of whole, whole grain pizza, then, you know, it's not my, I don't feel as good afterwards, but I, it's, you know, it's still possible. And it's, yeah, it's a social thing as well. Yeah. You, know? I mean, you can invite people over and you can also go out and eat. There's a lot of vegan options out there now, yeah. which is amazing, especially in Australia. You guys, are, you guys are so lucky. You have so, so many more restaurants than we do here in New Zealand. Um, but times are changing and, and, you know, I think um, another thing that I mentioned was uh, would like to mention is starches as well. I'm I'm a big starch eater as well, and uh, you know I love my potatoes. And I and I just recently bought an air fryer, and <gasps> that has honestly changed the game big time. Really, I want one so bad, but I keep everyone's keeps saying just get an oven. You've got an oven. What do you need an air fryer for? But it's better than an oven, right? It's a it's a it's a whole different game. I mean. It's 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 made my potato chips um, so much better and so much less time and it's just quick and easy and it's 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 an oven just takes a long time to heat up and you know all these things whereas the air fryer is just it's easy and there's no oil whatsoever as well and 
um, you know, it's so easy to make. Okay, I'm definitely getting one. Mother's Day, Ranjit, Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Highly recommend, yeah. All right, I will get one. So, Shamiz, just for anyone who's listening who would love to work with you, which I'm sure is everyone who's listening, um, how can they work with you and what can they expect? Well, what's really awesome is that I do a free 30-minute consultation for anyone that's, um, you know, looking to to help themselves with their digestive issues. So, if you go to our website, highcarbhealth.com, and you click on the health survey, you can fill that out so that we can understand what your what your health condition is. And, you know, you can set up a time with me and, and talk to me for half an hour. And, and, you know, I do that because there's a lot of people out there that, that you know, are, are so-called scammers or whatever. And I want to make sure that, that I'm not one of those people. So, you know, that's a good way to kind of meet me um, and, and for me to actually meet you as well so that I know what kind of condition you have. And, um, you know, so I give that free 30-minute consultation. Um, but if you do want more help, um, we do have one month, three month, and six month uh, packages that we offer, and you know the reason why they're they're that long is because we we work with people with you know chronic disease, and and it's not a it's not a quick fix, um, and you know it takes time for the body to heal, and and we want to be there and support and guide you through the ups and downs that you may face, and and that's why it's it's always good to have someone there to guide you through the process. If you're doing it alone, it's not easy. And yeah, so if you do get that book as well, Self-Healing Colitis and Crohn's, um, it's a really good guide. But again, if you don't know what's going on with your body, it's, it's really hard and you might actually stop doing it because sometimes, you know, people get worse before they get better and uh, they don't know what's going on. But yep, please uh, go to our website, highcarbhealth.com. Um, obviously, all our social media as well. So we're on Facebook, High Carb Health and Instagram, High Carb Health. Um, so you can follow us there as well and give us a like and, um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So last question, Shamir, what would be your three biggest tips for anyone wanting to get started today? Wow. Three biggest tips. There's so many more tips. Apart from research, you said research, research is great. Everyone research. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many more tips. I mean, where do I start? I know. Um, Sorry. You've only got three. (laughs) You can have four if you like. Yeah. So, I mean, as, yeah, as, as um, you said, research. Um, also, um, I guess, you know, when it comes to food, um, again, there's nothing wrong with plants. Um, you know, and, and one thing is to follow people. One of the tips, I guess, is follow people that are vegan and that are plant-based. There's so many people around that are, that are vegan and on Instagram and social media. So that, that would be a good thing to start off with. You know, just follow people that are getting the results. Um, that would be a really awesome thing to do. Um, and again, if you're looking for kind of like, uh, you know, building muscle and things like that, because a lot of people, you know, are under the impression that you can't build muscle on a vegan diet, um, protein is not a massive issue either. And so, again, follow people that are going to get the results. And um, obviously, if you have digestive issues, then, you know, follow people that, you know, are getting the results with that as well. So, Please follow us. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and yeah, Groundbreakers is coming out soon. Game, cha- game, game, game changes. changes. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Game, game changes. changes. Game changes. I cannot wait for that. Yeah. I can't yeah, wait for it. I'm so excited. Sorry. Was that three? <laughs> I forgot. Uh, two. What's another one? Uh, so, yeah, the last tip I'd say is if you're an animal lover, um, you know, go and watch some of the documentaries of where your food comes from. And I guess that's, that's a little bit of research. But if you've got a pet, um, you know, and, and if you're eating another animal, then, you know, you, you may want to think twice about that. And, um, again, uh, I guess it'll, for me, I think the research thing is, is really big. And so there's so much on the internet. There's so much on social media that, you know, if you, if you just go there and, and do your research and, do your bit, then, um, you know, you, you, you can't go wrong. And, and once you start, once you, I guess that's another big thing. Try it out for maybe a, a month or even, even less than that and see how you go. And, um, you know, things will change in your body and, um, you know, you want to treat your body like a temple, um, and, and, you know, feed it the best foods possible. And as soon as you stop eating animal products, you'll see a difference. And that's what it, that's what counts. You know, if you see the difference and keep going, you'll keep getting better and better. And then you're saving obviously the, the animals lives and, and also the environment as well. So yeah, I guess that would be my last tip. Give it a go. It's, it's just win, 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 win. There's so many wins. <laughs> it is. A, yep. 
It is. Um, I was going to say on that note, give it a try for a month, but people find feel results honestly most people who try it feel it within the first week like the the last guest no second last guest on the show joyce hale who had lupus you know she was terribly unwell and within like a week she was already feeling like brighter and more the mental fog had cleared away after 20 years you know basically in bed with lupus and you know just terribly terribly unwell so it's amazing what can happen in seven days. So in four weeks, you're just going to be basically a whole new person. <laughs> Even better, definitely. All your cells are going to re- rebuild and uh, regenerate. So, yeah, I mean, if, if week, I mean, it took me a week as well to find results and see results. Yeah, so I yeah. guess, yeah, if, if, you, if, you, if you, I mean, if you do it for a month, you're just going to see better yeah, results. Yeah, definitely. Just keep going and just give yourself a, a, a little goal and then just keep extending that goal out and then just be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going back. <laughs> yeah, and, and also um, meet friends, meet other vegans, meet other people that are doing the same thing as you as well. That's, I guess that's another tip that I'd like to add um, because, uh, you know, w- when, you, when you try and do it by yourself, um, again, it's it's not always easy to do it by yourself. So find vegan groups on Facebook um, and, and, you know, find your community and, and, you know, you can gel with people and, and talk to them about, and you know, what you're doing and, and you know, eat with them as well and, and go to restaurants. There's so many out there now. So, um, yeah, socialize as well. Yeah, that's a, gra- that's a great tip. And I found it really helpful once I started making some vegan friends because then you can just share food and you don't feel like the odd one out and it's just… Vegan potlucks are the best. There, um, I went to an Easter one. Like my first one was an Easter one and… Like just to walk in, my kids were there and we'd never been to a vegan potluck before. And so normally it's just us everywhere having to bring our own food. Mm. And my son's like six and he's just walked in like, can I eat that to like a raw Snickers slice? And I'm like, (laughs) you can eat everything here, buddy. And he was just like, what? (laughs) It was like his happiest day on earth. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that that such an amazing feeling when there's no cruelty behind the food that you're eating and, and, you know, it's amazing, yeah. We, we're actually lucky in New Zealand. We have a, a potluck every month, uh, the first Saturday of every month. So, you know, it's awesome out here. And, you know, we go to the community centre and, and, like, there's so many people. There's probably about 40 or 50 people that come every time. And there's a whole massive table of just vegan food and it's just all cruelty-free and everyone just digs in it. It's amazing. Oh, uh, it's, like, it's like Nirvana. <laughs> You're just like, oh, my gosh. I think every vegan, when they get to a vegan potluck, is just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Completely agree. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, it was so lovely to hear your story. I um, A friend of mine, Elizabeth Butcher, she was on the show, actually, episode... Oh, Elizabeth. She's a friend of mine, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she suggested you to me, and she said you have to get him on the show because his story oh, is awesome. amazing. Yeah. Um, and she's incredible, obviously, and her husband, Tony. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm very grateful for her for intro- well, introducing me to you and then... Um, yeah, for you for coming on the show. Thank you so much because it's just it's such. I have, as I said, I have friends, a friend, a wonderful friend of mine whose mother has ulcerative colitis, and she's obviously nervous about her future if she's likely to get it herself. And so I'm really grateful to hear your story and just know that there's definitely, definitely hope with the magic of plants. Oh yeah, for sure. And it was a pleasure to talk to you about uh, you know my journey and the more people that we reach, you know, the better it is for for everyone and you know, I was just I'm always looking for ways of, you know, trying to reach people and here's another another way of doing that. So thank you for having me as well and you know, love love your podcast and you know, it's it's someone out there will listen and uh, you know, maybe make a change. So Yeah, uh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. All we can do is put it out there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye. Okay, so we ha- we hung up and we had a chat and it was so good. I'm just coming back to get Shamiz <laughs> to say this again. So Shamiz, can you please just yeah. say what you're saying so- again? So what what we kind of look at the body as as di- when you get dis-ease of the body, it's it's almost like a self-purification process that the body goes through, and the body's always trying to purify itself, and so. When you nourish it, when you give it the right conditions, you're putting it back into ease. And when when you when you what I mean by ease is no disease, and you're not going to be sick. You're going to be healthy. So that is excellent. So I I think that people often 
don't we just think the word of the word disease as you know cancer or you know heart disease or those kinds of things but it is just very simply that your body is in dis-ease and that's such a the way you put it was just such a great way of explaining what disease means in the body yeah we get we get kind of confused don't we we, we think that you know all these diseases they've, they've been named by doctors to kind of put you on on different kind of medications and, and categorize you so you know, the, the whole general idea when you look at natural hygiene and, and, and holistically, dis-ease is dis-ease of the body. And it, it's a lot to do with the toxicity in our body and toxemia. So um, it's it's amazing um, because we just think we have all these other problems, but the root cause is toxemia. And uh, when you don't eat the right foods, when your mind is not in the right place, the body creates all this toxic stuff. And um, the best way to, to get out of it is to, to be at ease. And um, that's, that's what it is. You were talking earlier about the foods for our body, the right eating the right foods for our body to, for optimal health. And I just wanted to mention that it's, I think that it was on I don't know where else it was on, but I mean, I just wanted to mention about how, you know, we know what to fuel to put into our cars. You know, we all know what fuel to put into our lawnmowers or the fuel to feed to our dogs, our cats, our fish, you know, whoever it is that are in our and, and animal. Animals know what they need to eat. Animals know what they need to eat automatically. They know that they eat this type of grass to make them throw up. You know, they eat this to to do get this result. Animals know that intu- intuitively know, they innately know, they're in touch with themselves and so I guess going on from that dis-ease like dis-ease you know we we knew when our bodies were in dis-ease and we and we did traditionally kind of know okay what we we should eat to feel at ease people know to eat simple kind of carbs like rice and potato when they're when they're unwell you know and what to eat at certain times so it's just about kind of getting re-in-touch with what foods make us thrive make our body make humans bodies thrive like like all the animal kingdom knows intuitively what to eat we've just lost touch with that exactly yeah we we have completely and and so you know we are animals as well and so when when you actually break it down when we when we go back to to when we first kind of came um on this planet um we kind of have, um, you know, we're not colorblind, for example, like carnivores are or omnivores. You know, we, we see fruits in their color. And so the reason why we, we see that is because, you know, the fruit ripens. And so we have hands and, and you know, we have feet to pluck. And we have thumb, thumbs. We and have thumbs, exactly. And so um, the, the, the natural biological diet um, should definitely come from, from eating fruits and a lot of fruit. And we, we naturally tend to go towards the, the you know, sweet kind of. Yeah, our, our tongues are designed to taste, you know, just sweetness. And yeah, and, and fruit is the perfect, uh, nature's perfect food. And that's why, you know, I generally eat most of that. And obviously starches and things as well, um, they are, you know, also really good for us and, and you know, it's it's all down to carbohydrate-based uh, foods, and our bodies run. You know, every single cell in our body runs on carbohydrates. So why feed it? Why not feed it? You know, the best fuel possible. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I've, we've we've that was your extra bit, everyone. <laughs> that was the, thank you so much again. And I'm just no going. problem. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thank you, Shamiz. It was so great interviewing you and speaking with you and meeting you. And I just got so much out of your story. So, yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel like everyone's going to get so much out of it too. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to head over to highcarbhealth.com and to follow Shamiz on social media at High Carb Health. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, I put out new episodes every Sunday slash Monday and it's on iTunes and Stitcher app for Android. And if you could leave a five-star rating over at iTunes and a kind review, it would really, really help me to get this message, these stories of hope out to anyone across the world who might need it, who are living with these chronic diseases that are ruining their lives. So if you can, like it might seem like a tedious annoying thing to do, but it really, really helps to spread these messages of hope to people. So please, 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 I would be so grateful. Be your best friend, all of that. I'll give you 10 million high fives. Thank you so much. And if you could share it with your friends, tag it, you know, do all those kinds of things, sharing it around, that would be awesome as well. 
If you like this episode, feel free to leave a comment over in the show notes from this episode. If you just click on the iTunes link for the show notes, it should take you to the website and you can leave a comment there and Shamiz or I can read it and get back to you about what you thought of the of the show, what you how your health is, whatever you whatever kind of comment you want to give. <laughs> Hopefully it's a nice one, not a really mean angry one because I'll just delete those because they just make me sad. Last but not least, if you want to get all the latest updates, interviews, all the latest episodes, the first place that they go and all the latest exciting news about what's coming up next on the show, you can follow the When Life Gives You Lemons Go Vegan Facebook page and that would be great. You can like it and follow it and I post there, the episodes coming out, the guests coming up, all the great news coming out about the podcast goes there. So yeah, go there and follow the page. That would be awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening and for supporting this podcast. It means a lot to me. Thank you for listening. Bye. (laughs) 